and welcome. It is Wednesday, March 9th. You are watching or listening to The Ohioans. I got Craig with me today. Craig, how's it going? Um, it's going well. How are you? Good. I am so used to saying you're watching because we used to have video and pretty much video. But honestly, I like this audio. Audio is yeah. better. And I think it helps some of our guests. Some of our guests are like, oh, I don't know if I want to be on video. So, <laughs> hey, having an audio podcast is really nice. So, yeah, thanks for checking us out today. Um, there's some promos to start. Um, didn't have an interview from yesterday uh, that we released. So, um, we're putting on the our Seinfeld uh, our most recent one at the end of this podcast, so you should have a uh, probably good hour and a half of content today. So check that out. Um, please subscribe to our podcast. We put a ton of content on there. I I dropped like six interviews that we recorded yesterday. I uh, will also share this on the blog as the week goes on. But a lot of interesting stuff out there. So be sure to check that out. As always, check out our sponsors. Um, Chase, you know, Dropbox, uh, Mainly Man Company, a lot of great deals there as well. Um, yeah, um, and share us on social media. Uh, it's, it's always great. And like I said, I'm really excited to see the people who are listening in, and I'm glad that you're digging the show. And like I said, you know, keep sharing it. We'd love to, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So as many as you can invite to the party, we really appreciate it. So, all right. Well, uh, Craig... We're a little bit COVID heavy today. I'm always a little bit nervous to <laughs> go COVID heavy, but that's where we're at, Craig. We're in the middle of a pandemic, and yeah. it seems like um, I've heard it said before that politics are part of everything now, which is unfortunate, and I think it, it kind of is. But, you know, COVID's part of everything, and a lot of COVID news were being broken. Um, you know, starting out yesterday, I'm not used to this, Craig. I am off work on Mondays. And Mike DeWine moved his press conference to Monday. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm used to coming back for the work week on Tuesday and watching some Mike DeWine press conference action. I've been missing him on Tuesday. Could you do a special one for me? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, sort of – I don't know if it was announced or if it just kind of slid through the cracks. But, uh, you know, I remember the last couple of weeks uh, – you know, just catching it on Monday and I th and thinking, oh, well, I guess they've switched it to Monday. So I'm not sure if there was ever like an official announcement that maybe I just missed or whatever it may be. But, uh, you know, maybe it makes more sense for them to do it Monday. I don't know. Well, I, I think they're often on the Ohio channel, right. um, the press conferences. And I think since the State House went back in session, okay. uh, there is something about uh, – I don't know if they don't have sessions as much Monday afternoons or not, but I think it was like a scheduling thing. So <clears throat> okay, well that makes you know, sense. Yeah, but may, oh well, you know what I could do? I could watch it. I could watch Mondays today. This is just fun. It's fun to hear him talk about Fran. It's fun to uh, joke around with reporters uh, asking questions. I guess it, it's not about the COVID information for me. It, it's it, it's like my wine with the wine or. Yeah, you know, stack stacking with Acton, or yeah. you know, hey, we're talking with Dan Tierney about possibly coming on the show, uh, Dewine spokesman, and we got to come up with a name for that. Like, is it Tea with Tierney? You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering, you know, or Tacos yeah. with Tierney or something. Yeah. You know, we we, we got to find out because you know, hey, Dan Tierney announces the speakers at the. Um, the interview questions at the press conferences, so we, we got to get Dan involved. So yeah. hopefully Dan will come on before long, and he'll, we can ask him directly about that. Absolutely. Well, yet, yesterday at the press conference, I didn't watch it. I'll have to catch up today. But kind of a big announcement. Um, more and more people are being um, allowed to have vaccines now. And they're saying starting Thursday now, it's going to be age 50 and over. And I hate to say this, Craig, we're almost getting to my age bracket. <laughs> It'll probably yeah. be next. That's pretty exciting news. I mean, I'm not sure, you know, I don't know if that's that's because, you know, the rollout looks like it's going better than expected or maybe they're having fewer people um, as we get younger ages, you know, announced. But uh, it's it's great news that, you know, we're able to expand after having going through that pause for so long, you know, at, just to get down to the age 50. I think people are probably starting, hopefully people are starting to get excited that, you know, before long, they'll be in that uh, that age group, and you know we'll get closer and closer to having you know more herd immunity. Yeah, and you know other big news. Um, 
we were kind of ripping the state a while back about uh, just kind of the confusion on scheduling a vaccine or knowing where to get the vaccine and everything. Well, they also uh, launched um, a vaccine scheduling site, Ohio did, called Get the Shot at coronavirus.ohio.gov. Uh, if you didn't get that um, on the link for the story, that'll be on the podcast notes. Just click on that. They have the link right there. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. I don't know, Craig. We're going to run out of stuff to kind of poke fun at Ohio about. I mean, it sounds like stuff's getting in the order a little bit now. Yeah, I'm. You know, it's, I think it's a pleasant surprise for the announcement here. It, it must mean that things are going well. And you know, as journalists, I think we're we're kind of ready to move on and talk about something different and and ask people, you know, questions that aren't pertaining to COVID nineteen. And you know, in some ways, I think um, you know, as a from a journalist perspective, it's it's brought us closer to some sources. Uh, maybe like health department directors and, you know, epidemiologists and, and people like that. But in other ways, it's also kind of driven you away from it um, because, you know, I, I don't I don't think I've talked to police as much as I have in, in years past, and, and at least not as frequently. So, um, you know, I think we're kind of all kind of ready, you know, every profession, anybody in Ohio and across the country, just ready to to kind of do something different and move on. I think the hard thing about it is going to be, like we talked about before, uh, you know, there was also a report of that variant, and uh, they're saying it's like P, P.1, I believe. Yeah. Um, so we're still going to have that stuff. I think coronavirus, I'm hoping we start to get back to normal, maybe even as early as this fall. But I think once we even get back to normal, I think there's going to have to be precautions taken. I mean, you might still have to wear a mask in public and everything else. And I, you know, I'm really thinking there's going to be changes. You know, we talked uh, last week about, you know, what are the positive changes? Like, you know, maybe more telemedicine and everything that, yeah. you know, even after the coronavirus totally leaves, it's going to help out society. But I also think, too, it's going to make us kind of rethink how we deal with people. Um, I remember, and this is right before coronavirus started, I got really sick. And, you know, I was at a job at the time where it's hard to take days off. And the day I got sick was our busy day. And in my department, we had two people. And if one of us were sick, uh, we had 21 papers to get out, uh, design and get out. And, you know, you, you can't have that with one person. And I kind of felt compelled to have to come in. And it used to be the hero thing where you're sick, you come in, you know, you try to keep it to yourself, and you're the hero. Well, I don't think that's going to be like that anymore. I mean, I think even after the coronavirus gets away, I think our society is going to get to the point where, hey, if you're coughing or if you're sneezing, hey, go home, you know, even though right. there's not a virus attached to that. So I, I think we're going to change the way we look at stuff like that and everything else. So, And I really think also economy-wise, we're going to feel the effects. I mean, I'm not sure if we're going to be in a full-blown recession, but there's going to be things that happen because they're going to say, hey, because we're so slow, on the coronavirus is still affecting businesses and everything else. Uh, but, yeah, but, you know, hopefully the cases continue to go down and maybe the immediate health scare will start to subside in a couple months. But we'll still see effects of COVID for probably years after, so I imagine. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll still feel the sting from it, you know, for for the, at least the foreseeable future. Who knows how long? I, I mean, I think, you know, the economy will probably recover at some point, but it may take some time. And, you know, so I guess we're always going to have the, you know, the, the virus kind of lurking, I guess you could say. But, you know, hopefully we get to the point where, you know, I'm going to wear a mask until, you know, the governor comes on one day and says, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. Um that may be a year from now. It could be two years from now. Who knows? It could be two months from now. We we really don't know. You know, and that's. I think that's what he's trying to. He tries to intimate quite a bit during his press conferences. Is that, you know, we all want answers because we're all kind of impatient people, just in general. And when we don't get that, like, okay, Mike DeWine is saying on his press conference that on April 23rd, 2021, we'll be able to do X, Y, and Z. And that's, I think that's always the problem is, you know, you want answers and you want like a firm timeline. But, you know, in this case, the governor has not been able to give a firm timeline because things change. I mean, things can change, you know, as he's talked about, you know, phasing out, you know, restrictions, health orders. 
and you know things can change tomorrow and that's that's what people are fearing is that well you know we're gonna are we gonna let our guard down and say when we get to uh you know 50 cases per hundred thousand people are we gonna let our guard down and say everything's open and no masks and no whatever and then we're gonna have spikes in cases kind of like we did last year where we tamped down the the numbers you know maybe in the late spring early summer and then by fall we were just blowing up with cases so you know there's always going to be fear and i and you know you're probably going to have straggling cases uh you know throughout the you know next several years maybe because of you know how this virus can be so maybe we'll never get back to normal but maybe we'll get back to maybe how life was before the virus and people that can still contract the virus but maybe you know it'll be a little easier to treat in, in the future. Well, yeah, I think that's what we have to be careful now. And again, I'm not pro, pro vaccine. I'm not even pro shot. I don't like getting shots, but I, since the vaccines are more readily available, uh, it seems right now that has been in the past. And I think that's why we're allowing even 50 and up to get the vaccine. I mean, uh, we did some research at work yesterday, and I was reading how that opens up to 15 million more Ohioans. So if that million more people are eligible to get the vaccine, there's a lot of vaccine out there, which is great. Right. Um, but, you know, look at it this way. After we start getting the vaccines, you start seeing cases go down. I think what Texas and Mississippi is doing is a little bit too extreme, saying everybody you know can do whatever they want. But you see Ohio easing their restrictions and everything else. Why is that? The vaccine's available and people are getting the vaccine. So again, I I'm not I don't want to turn this podcast into oh let's all get vaccines as soon as we can. But if we're getting the vaccine and more people are getting the vaccine, restrictions start to ease. We start to have a better thing. So. To me, logically, would be, hey, go get your vaccine. Because the more people get the vaccine, it's not going to totally take away COVID. We'll still be talking about being a problem. You're right. We're going to see stragglers. But, hey, if we get the vaccine, things are going to continue to get better. You know? It, it just makes sense. So, yeah, I don't know. It's what a year. Um, you know, today, they're calling it a day of remembrance. Um Man, I feel like I never knew life before COVID. <laughs> it seems like, you know. Yeah. Uh, but seriously, on March 9th, uh, they announced the th first three confirmed cases of COVID. Um, I remember talking to a reporter from, uh, yeah, Ann Saker from the Cincinnati Inquirer. We had her on a couple months ago. And she reminded us of last year at the Super Bowl was when they first started to fear that they had cases. Yeah, she said she left the Super Bowl party because, if you remember, it was at the University of – no, Miami University down in Southern Ohio. Uh, yeah, Amy Acton had a press conference. It was like Super Bowl night saying, okay, this isn't COVID. You know, they were afraid the state's first COVID case was back then. Well, last March 9th was the first confirmed cases in Ohio. And, again, it's been a year. So we're, uh, Ohio's going to have a day of remembrance. If you're driving around today and wonder why flags are half staff, uh, Governor DeWine is going to have flags at half staff to remember those we lost uh, from COVID, which currently over 17,000 people. And I know some people are out there, well, people die for other reasons. Well, 17,000 people died. That's significant and that's sad. And that's Ohio alone. Um, right. And across the country, we're at what, almost 300,000 now? It's just well, over 300,000. Yeah, so. It, well, we're almost at five hundred thousand, right? What's the current number? Yeah, we're over. Yeah, we're over five hundred. We're over yeah. five hundred thousand. Yeah, and we lose track of it. And yeah. you know, I know some people say, "Well, you know, all these people died because of drugs or whatever." Yeah, that's true. So let's work on a way to slow drugs in the country. I mean, you know, let's don't let's don't excuse death. You know, it, it, it's tough, and a lot of people die from COVID. So. I'm glad to see, and again, this doesn't mean COVID's over. This doesn't mean you should go out and gather groups of a million today, but we're taking some good steps. And I think yesterday was a significant day saying, hey, you know, the war's not over, but, you know, there was some good, it was a good day for the war yesterday. I'll put it like that. All right. A um, couple other things COVID wise that we should talk about. Um, this is interesting. Um, you know, you were talking about this, like if it's under, 50 cases per 100,000 people, then the mask mandate will be over. 
I'm a little bit hesitant about this because, like I said, um, you know, I think masks can still help us even in the future. Um, but it was interesting. Ohio uh, calculated its new measurement, and they released some numbers with that. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want us to get in a huge math discussion. Any takeaways from that, Craig? Well, I'm kind of interested to see how it all plays out. I mean, you know, 50 cases per 100,000 sounds pretty low, especially compared to where we were and how the governor explained it when he announced this this decision. Um, it's kind of interesting, though, you know, as we move forward, you know, yesterday we just talked about Bexley schools wanting to double mask. So I guess if, if we were to see maybe within the next couple of weeks, these cases go down below 50 per 100,000, would that mean that if you're a child going to Bexley that you can say, well, I don't have to wear a mask, whether you say I do or not, the governor's health order says I don't have to. So I'm kind of wondering if, you know, if we're still going to have sort of these, you know, dissenting opinions on the school district says I have to wear it, but then the governor says you don't have to wear a mask in Ohio. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how, how things like this work out once we get to that plateau, which it seems like we will at some point, but we're not really sure when. Um, but, you know, you wonder if, if schools are kind of like trying to get out ahead of it and say, well, it's policy that you have to wear two masks or, you know, you have to wear a mask if you're back in session. But if the governor comes on tomorrow and or, you know, on Thursday and says, you don't have to wear a mask anymore, we're below 50, you know, cases per 100,000, do school districts change up their tune on that? Well, in this article from the Cincinnati Inquirer, Jackie Borcher did a good job of saying uh, she pointed out some instances where if you literally sat down and did the math yourself, it's hard to do that uh, because, it, you know, it's like you don't see numbers of who has COVID at county jails and everything. So to really try to figure out what the state is doing, um, it's hard to have that. And I'm sure somebody at the state's figuring that out, but it's hard to check up on it and do the math yourself. I don't know. I just look back at this mask mandate, and I think it's kind of ridiculous because the mask mandate, the governor did that to say, hey, stay healthy. This is a great way of staying healthy. We've talked about this over the past year. There's really no teeth to the mask mandate. I mean, yeah, you, you, you might sit there and say, oh, I don't wear a mask. That mean governor, he's making us wear a mask. You have to be caught like six times before you even get fined. And the way the, the state order re reads. So I'm, I get a little creeped out when I read a lot about this mask mandate because if it doesn't have any teeth, why, why are people getting so mad or, or supporting it either? You know, I mean, I, I don't want there to be like a mask mandate police where they arrest you if you're not wearing a mask. But then on the other hand, if there's not any teeth behind it, what does it really even mean? Well, I, I don't know. I think a lot of it is just to, you know, encourage it. And then obviously I think the majority of this enforcement of it or whatever you may call it is when when the stores, I think, when grocery stores and restaurants or, or stores in general kind of got on board with the mask mandate, I think it allowed the governor to say, okay, now it's got, now it's caught on to where we want to catch on, which is, People in areas shopping, they're within a couple of feet of each other. You know, when when you're asymptomatic or you're sick, that's when you can spread it. Now, that's not to say that grocery stores are some super spreader, but I think the goal was to, to try to inspire everybody to want to get on board. And right. Of course, it seems like the grocery stores finally did get on board for sure. And I think that the I think it's more about policing it at the grocery store level because if someone's if I if I'm in the store and you're in the store and one of us doesn't have a mask and the other one complains about the other one not having a mask, the store can kick you out. And they don't have to, you know, you don't have any rights under any kind of protection or first amendment or any kind of rights in that store. If you're on private property and they want you to wear a mask, they can kick you out if you don't wear a mask. I don't know if the, ma the mask mandate to me never really sort of applied when you're out walking at the dog park or you're out walking, you know, you know, a walking path or a trail because you're outdoors. You know, we've right. talked about the governor. The governor has said many times being outdoors is better. You know, going to football games outside or is better than going to basketball and hockey games indoors. So I always thought of it as they really wanted to tamp down the ability for it to spread at grocery stores 
and at you know places like Target and other places like that where people are going to be going in and out of aisles, walking around, getting into people's faces or being close to people, squeezing by through, you know, someone by the aisle and maybe sneezing. And, you know, that's, I think, where the masks really were, where they want, that's what they wanted people to do is wear masks then. I mean, they still wanted people to wear masks when they're out and about or visiting people or whatever it may be. But I think they, they looked at the grocery stores as potential super spreaders if they didn't have mask mandates. But are people just being, I, I don't know the proper word for it on a public podcast, are, are people just being jerks, though? Because, okay, if the rule has no teeth, okay, say you and I were anti-maskers, which we're not. We're, we're pro-mask, we're pro-safety and everything else. But if we were, like, anti-maskers, if the rule has no teeth, why are we screaming about a rule that doesn't have teeth? You know, I, like, I'm looking at it from the other side, and I, I guess I don't get why people who don't believe in masks get so mad at the wine because yeah it's a mask mandate but if there's no teeth behind it why are you so mad that we have a mask mandate you know yeah i i guess that's what makes you scratch my head i think a lot of that may may be because they feel like now when they go out in public even though like you said there's no teeth to the rule or there may be like after you know number six we're gonna slap you on the wrist for four or five times but you know, if you get caught again, we're going to get you. But I, I think a lot of it may have to do with just these, you know, just this this thought that they're infringing on their freedom of deciding that they don't want to wear a mask, even though they're going to, you know, a lot of people still believe that they're if they're on a public sidewalk and then they walk into Walmart, that they're still protected under every right that they had on that public sidewalk. And that just simply isn't true. So you don't necessarily have to wear a mask on that public sidewalk, but if you go into Walmart and Walmart has a sign that says you have to wear a mask, right. it's the same thing as they say you have to wear a shirt or you have to wear shoes yeah. or you have to wear right. pants in the store. And for whatever reason, people have really never complained about that, at least not as you know vigorously as they are now with masks. But is it really any different than asking someone to wear a mask is you're asking someone to wear a shirt and shoes and pants and, you know, whatever. And, and I think a lot of people got upset and maybe continue to get upset about it because they felt like, and I, I think a lot of it too was the shutdowns more so than the mask wearing. Maybe it was like the fact that they couldn't go to their bar, couldn't go to their restaurant for those couple of weeks last spring. And then, you know, of course there was always threats about maybe shutting it down if the numbers got out of hand again, and I think a lot of people's anger was directed towards that. It's like, well, we're wearing masks because you're making us, and yet we still can't go hang out with our friends at the bar, or it's frowned upon to hang out with our friends at the bar. So I don't, I don't know if it was the mask as much as it was, you know, infringing on freedom. But I think it, a lot of it stemmed from just I can't go into Walmart now without wearing a mask, or I can't go to Target without wearing a mask, or I can't go to Aldi without wearing a mask. And I think people just kind of got more upset about not being able to just do whatever they felt like doing because it was a change of a very big change of pace for everybody. Well, and I think the, I, I mean, yeah, Hey, I'm pro democracy. I'm pro freedom. I mean, I, I don't want, you know, I, I don't want us to be a communist or dictatorship or anything else like that, but geez, we're, we're in the freedom way too much where it's like, you know, <laughs> dang gone. I can't go to Walmart 50 times a week. You know, come on. You know, or, right. I mean, I mean, you know, Hey, if there's limitations on your freedom based on health, that's fine. And again, they're telling you to stay home, or they're telling, or even if you can't go to that store, they're saying, "Hey, stores can do pickup delivery or whatever." You know, I yeah. mean, yeah. and that that's what makes me chuckle sometimes at like uh, some of the Ohio legislators because they'll be like, "Well, uh, man, we were so restricted." No, we weren't. You could stay at home. Uh, you can do whatever you want at home, uh, and if you go to the store, if stores are smart, they do pick up. If it's like a restaurant or or whatever, you can do that. And even that question on the Walmart or grocery stores, hey, if you go to a big enough grocery store, you can pick up your food. You don't even have to set foot in there. Yeah. I mean, what, what time to be alive, Craig? I mean, yeah, right. I mean, for some people, you know you can, you know, it's gotten easier because now you can just say, well, now I don't even have to go in the store. I can just, you know, easily go and, and do the yeah. pickup option. And a lot of them have made the pickup option free. It used to be a charge at Kroger and now it's free during the pandemic. 
So whether you get $20 worth of stuff or $100 worth of stuff at Kroger, it's free. Um, but, you know, you got to look at it from this perspective, too. Just imagine you're, you're 50, 50 years old and you've been going to the bars every year for 29 years since you were 21. Right. Every day or, or once a week or whatever it was. And all of a sudden you're told, well, you can't do that. And you've got to wear a mask. It's it's kind of jarring. I'm not excusing anybody's you know anger towards this because I think you know as the governor has tried to explain and Dr. Acton tried to explain back way back when it seems like that you wear a mask if you all comply with social distancing. We're going to tamp down this this virus very very quickly. And to some degree we did, but then we kind of lost our way in the summer, and then by the fall. It was just blowing up to where you know we we reached those ten thousand cases per day that Dr. Acton had feared we could get to. Um, I just feel like people, you know, you're, you're set in your ways and you do things, um, you know, for for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden it's it's kind of jar it's jarring to change so quickly and to maybe not understand why, especially when there are some people that are younger that say, well, I don't care that I get the virus because I'll be fine with it. You know, I'm not going to die from it with not, while not realizing that they go visit their 89 year old grandmother or, yeah. you know, their father or mother with, you know, asthma or whatever, not really thinking about how it can spread to that. So I think people maybe have gotten, you know, a little bit wiser to it, but you know, it was a jarring change. I mean, everybody had to just drop everything. We've had to, we lost our jobs. We've lost working from the office, you know, from our offices. Right. We've lost social interaction, which is never fun. So, you know, imagine being a, a single person with, with friends, but not being able to see your friends or wanting to be safe and not see your friends right. and not having family around. If you're, uh, you know, if you're, if you're living in a different city or state that, you know, you just can't go and drive and see your mom and dad or your, your best friend or whatever. And, so there was a lot of, you know, a lot of mental health issues that came along with this pandemic. And, um, well, you know, I, think, I agree with everything you're saying. I mean, you raised a ton of great points there. I just, you know, and this is about COVID. I mean, we can even pull back and say this is about life. We're in a society that just cannot adapt, right. period. Yeah, I know this time sucks. I know this isn't easy. I know this <laughs> is unfair. I know there's mental health situations, but man, if there's a blessing in this, I mean, you know, pandemics do happen. At least it happened in 2021. And I'm not even talking about, hey, there's a lot of stuff you can watch on Netflix. I'm, I'm saying you can still see people. I, I'll i be honest with you. I, and, Craig, I've told you this in the past, and I'll tell everyone now. I am blessed. I'm fortunate that with this podcast network, people are watching this. But when we started this thing, it was almost of hey, it's a great way of catching up with friends, you know? Right. And we started this podcast network even before the pandemic. Um, but, you know, there was times where life changes, where even people like me and Brandon in, that both live in Columbus can't see each other all the time. Right. So it's like, hey, you know, let's do this where we can talk about stuff. Now we can see each other. And especially now with the pandemic where you're not really supposed to go see each other. Man, it, it's, you know, Craig, you're in Fremont today. If we said, hey, we have to meet in person to do a podcast, we're probably doing a podcast every six months. Now right. we can do it daily through the magic of video. Yeah. So, so and I'm not just pumping my podcast. I'm just sitting here saying, hey, we can adapt to society. We're, yeah. Hey, I haven't seen my mom. I haven't been able to hug my mom in a year. Yeah, that stinks. That That is right. a bad part of the pandemic. But, man, we buy iPhones. My mom has an iPhone. I can talk to her by video. I can see her. She can see me. Yeah, I'd love to give her a hug, but we find ways of adapting. Hey, I had a job um, where I had the partner wiped out because of the pandemic. Uh, I got frustrated because when the department I was at got wiped out, I was already 10 steps ahead of the game. I was lucky enough to get a couple job offers the next week or two after that. Uh, the other people in my department where their jobs were wiped out, they didn't know what to do. And they're like, well, we've been here for 30 years. Right. Yeah, I understand that. It sucks. But always think ahead. Always think about, hey, what job could you go to? Um, if it's not in your same field, wh what else could you do? Where, yeah, life's going to happen. Life stinks. But how do you adapt? How do you say, 
hey, let's change this part, and we could still have 80 to 90% of what we had before the pandemic. You know what I mean? Right. No, I, I, I agree. I understand where you're coming from. I, you know, I think we're getting better. I think, you know, at first you, you know, at first you kind of forgot about your mask when you go into the store because you just, it's not something you're used to. And now, you know, now you're, you're always, Oh, do I have my mask with me? I, I know, I know not everybody's like that, but I think right. the vast majority of people are. And, you know, unfortunately there are still people that, you know, you see whether it's at, you know, the store or wherever, where, Maybe they have the mask because they have no choice but to wear it into the store, but then they pull it down below their nose or below their mouth and nose. And, you know, you're always going to have those people that are, you know, just going to go against the grain if they, you know, because they want to. But I think we've gotten better as a society about understanding why we're wearing masks. And I think the majority of people probably do. And, you know, I, I think more people wear masks now than they ever have. And, and that's maybe why we're seeing some lower numbers along with the vaccinations. But, you know, it's getting better, I think. It just, you know, I think it took us a lot of time because we're just not used to wearing masks. We're not used to social distancing. We're not used to hanging out at the bar when we've done it for years and years and years, if you have. And, you know, you, you know, I love going to the movie theater and I, I'm antsy to get back, but I'm probably not going to go back, to, you know, until the end of this year at the earliest. But, you know, some people just have these routines that you just can't get away from. And, and when you finally do, you know, get out of that norm, you're, you're kind of you don't know how to react to it sometimes. Right. And you're, you're definitely right. It's it just we learn this in life, you know, reaction, adaption. You, you know, you have to do that because, I mean, I think of a sad time in my life when I lost my dad. I mean, it sucks. I think about it. I cry about a lot. But, you know, you have to come to find some peace. You have to adapt or you, you can't go over life. I mean, you know, I probably couldn't live. You know, so you have to find ways of adapt and say, hey, here's why it's going to be okay. It's going right. to stink, but you know, here's why it's going to be okay. Um, I'll leave you on this and we'll move on to the next topic. Could you imagine if we had COVID in the mid-90s? Like I was thinking, <laughs> I, I was trying to have a long-term relationship early in my college and, you know, so I would have to call this girl on, um, you know, long distance. And my goodness, Craig, on my college dorm phone, we couldn't even call long distance. So I had to go out to a pay phone and bring change. So I would call her from the lobby. I mean, can you imagine that? So I, I guess what I'm saying is not just for long-term relationships, but for any type of relationships. Ma'am. Could, could you imagine if, if COVID happened like during the 90s. I mean, you couldn't call people. Yeah. Uh, you wouldn't have video conferencing or whatever the case might be. Um, I think back to the newspapers. I mean, you know, if we couldn't go to the office, we did not have a newspaper. So, right. man, again, we're not happy that COVID happened. I'm not saying yay, COVID. But if COVID had to happen, thank goodness it happened during a time where our technology is at a good place. Yeah, absolutely. Unless you're in Southeast Ohio, but hopefully a <laughs> uh, broadband bill that we're talking about in Ohio will help out with this. So. Hey, hey, I'm glad you brought movie theaters. Wanted to talk about that a little bit. Uh, it was interesting. I recorded our weekly um, movie uh, podcast with Bob Garver, and man, Craig Bob was all excited because the movie theaters opened in New York City over the weekend. That is Bob, that. That is wonderful news for the film industry. That's one of the reasons why the, the film industry kind of died a lot last year was, you know, some theaters around, even in my, even in my area, they're, they're open. But with New York City and Los Angeles not really being open, that really just killed the, the, the film market. And that's why a lot of, you know, like, you know, AT&T, Warner Brothers decided to make the call on having their, their movies stream as well as release in theaters just because they knew the box office would, would just be very, very minuscule in comparison to having New York and Los Angeles open. So it's huge news, and I can understand why Bob is excited. Yeah, and it's limited seating. I mean, it's not like, you know, everybody's filled. It, it was interesting, though. He talked about, um, he would see, uh, is it Raya or Raya? Right, right. Uh, I think it's Raya and the Last Dragon, yeah. Right, okay. Or, I He went to see Raya over the weekend, and he said this, it was a little bit more crowded than he would have hoped, but, you know, they do enforce social distancing, 
and other stuff at the theaters. Um, we I sent for you a link. Uh, it'll be your, the podcast page. Uh, talk about some of the things that theaters are expecting to do. I uh, thought it was interesting. They said you might have to choose where your seat's at. That's okay. I mean, uh, unless, you, unless you're upset that you have to sit close up. I mean, I don't well, know. I, a lot of theaters already do that as it is, uh, especially, yeah. um, especially if you're going to like IMAX or larger, you know, larger city theaters already do that as it is. It's very, very few and at least in my area, very few theaters actually do let you sit where you want. It's, you know, IMAX for sure. A lot of bigger city theaters already have you pick out your seat. You know, you click it on a, on a little window and you say, this is where I want to sit. So, yeah, they're also saying social distancing may be enforced by roped off seats. Hey, that makes sense. But, yeah. And, and they say they may, you know, you might voluntarily change your seat, which isn't a bad thing. Um, they're saying that, uh, what is it? You, you might have to uh, wait in line for snacks or pre-order cinema snacks. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, they're saying, you know, hey, no more self-service soda or no more popcorn, you know, which that makes sense. Uh, you know, the popcorn butter. Sometimes you can squeeze your own. Right. Um, uh, they're also saying, you know, you're not going to have that big laughs. Like, you know, if you're at the theater, it's a really funny movie. Sometimes you sit there and say, wow, what's the big laugh in this film? You know, you're not going to see that mu as much with the smaller crowds. But, you know, I'm not a big theater fan where I'm not, I don't, like, unless it's a date where we're trying to get away from kids, I'm not big, hey, let's go to the movie theater type person. I can understand other people like that. I don't want to mock other people for being that way. But, you know, hey, if you can do it safely, go for it. I, I know I found myself, Craig, a couple years ago, I got tickets to a Steelers game. Uh, my brother's um, boss uh, had season tickets to Steelers. Uh, he gave the two tickets to my brother. My brother invited me. We went to see the Steelers game. We were excited. It was like, it was like what, 10 rows away from the field. Very great uh, tickets. But we enjoyed our time together. But we were like, you know, maybe next time we go to each other's house and watch the game. <laughs> you know, it saves the uh, driving. And, yeah, we didn't have to pay for the tickets. Yeah. But, you know, you had to walk. We had to walk like a mile back to our car and everything. I mean, there, there was a lot that went into it. And I'm kind of wondering, like, for myself personally, I'm kind of like, hey, the TVs are bigger. You know. Right. And stream movies. I mean, you have to pay for them, but you can stream movies right away. Yeah. Hey, go home, relax, enjoy it better that way. Yeah, and I have to admit, you know, sports-wise, I'm like that, where I, I prefer to watch sports on TV than I do in person just because of the crowdedness and, you know, all that that's associated with it. But uh, movies I will go to the theater for, although, you know, having a, a good TV and a, a good sound system, you can really cut through some of the desire to go to the theater. Although sometimes there's just nothing like going to the theater, whether it's just the ambiance of being in the big theater or seeing the big screen, getting the, all the, you know, surround sound around with it. And, you know, sometimes you just miss that and you need that and, and that's fine. But then there are also times where, you know, you could just watch it in theaters. Like, you know, a, a good example, and I know we kind of made fun of it yesterday was Tom and Jerry. Like yeah. I have, I have no desire to see that movie, but I have HBO Max, and if I wanted to see it, I can see it right now. You know, so um, you know, I would not go to the theaters for it. I, I don't feel like I that's a movie that I want to spend money on, but I can see it with my HBO Max subscription, and it's like I can see a new movie that, you know, especially it's good for movies that are on the fringe where you're like, well. I don't know that I don't know that I'd want to go to the theater to see it, but if I, I kind of want to see it, so I have to go to the theater. Well, now you if you know with with the way Warner Brothers is rolling out their slate, you can watch a movie that maybe you other you know whether you couldn't go to the theater to see it or it wasn't available in your theater or didn't want to or didn't have the money to go that weekend or whatever it may be. So, you know, it gives you some options and and that's what I kind of like about what streaming services have done. I don't know that that will be the future. Because theaters still want to thrive, and you know, studios still want to release their movies to a wider audience. So, 
you know, but for me, it's it's a nice little way of, of maybe seeing some of those fringy movies that I don't know that I want to spend uh, 15 $20 on a ticket and then popcorn and snacks. Well, here's the other thing. I'm really hoping Hollywood still allows that idea to stream a home even after COVID because, you know, hey, taking kids to the movies can be hard. I mean, I'll be honest. The kids we have in our house right now, no way we could go see a movie with their special needs. No way. Right. I mean, we'd probably get kicked out with the way they act. But at the same time, hey, we'll pay to have that movie streamed at home if it's a movie they really want to see. You know? Right. I don't know. Yeah, Very yeah. interesting stuff. It's a good option, yeah. But I can see Hollywood having a problem because, you know, to, to come to the theaters at first, you make money that way. Yeah. But... On the other hand, right now, you know, the stream of new movies, 20 bucks, which would be about the same movie if you take, uh, you know, a spouse, a date, or your family to. So, right. yeah, interesting, interesting to see how the whole thing shakes out. One to end on this, I, I don't know why here, Craig, and I don't want to get canceled for saying this. People in Ohio love their Kroger. I'm not a huge Kroger guy. I, I think, Craig, you go to Kroger? Yeah, I do. I love Kroger. I, yeah, I don't. It's a little bit more expensive there. That's where I kind of uh, have it, noticed. It, I think a lot of it just depends on what product you're searching for. I mean, okay. it's probably a little bit more expensive, although I will say this. At least in my area, when I go shopping at Kroger, it's usually a little a little less chaotic than it is at Walmart or, you know, you know so Aldi and, Aldi and Kroger – Aldi actually might be cheaper than than anybody because of how they you know their system works where you have to bag your own groceries and stuff like that. Um, but you know Kroger probably a little bit more expensive than a Walmart would be, but it's a little bit less chaotic, maybe a little bit fewer people to have to worry about. And you know I think uh, you know generally speaking it's it's maybe an easier time to get your stuff. Plus I like I prefer their grocery pickup to Walmart so. That's kind of, you know, where I'm at right now with Kroger. Yeah, interesting story. There's a suit filed against Kroger. Kroger had a pretty significant uh, data <laughs> breach uh, recently. Um, thankfully, it didn't involve credit card numbers or uh, debit card numbers. Uh, but there was some personal information that was stolen. And um, some employee human HR information as well as some customer information. Again, it wasn't credit cards. But still, it was it was troubling. Uh, it affected about two percent of customers. Craig, you weren't among the two percent, were you? Not that I'm aware of. I have not been told. Okay. Before, so yeah. uh, you may want to check. You never yeah, know. Let's check. But but yeah, but there's a suit. I'm saying that hey, Kroger knew about it. Um, it's not that they encouraged the data breach, but they knew there was a problem and they're lax and didn't do as much to protect it. And, you know, I tell you, we talk about companies and IT, how companies don't want to spend money on IT. And then, like the state of Ohio, they had a really bad um, employment, you know, database and everything. I, You know, I think another place where companies struggle at is making sure the information is secure. Um, I, I think in that, where we work for Craig, does a pretty good job at it. But, you know, you almost have to invest more money into making sure and doing more safeguards to making sure your information is secure. And this is a lawsuit. I don't know. Maybe Kroger wasn't lax. I mean, I, I don't want to speak for Kroger. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that suit uh, goes. But I can tell you I, I, there's a lot of companies that don't protect the information as well as they should. Yeah, you know, when, when you get into these lawsuits, you always kind of wonder, you know, it's going to come down to the case. So, you know, what kind of case they can make against Kroger. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to prove things when you say it failed to properly safeguard. Well, you have to prove that when you're filing a lawsuit against, you know, a company like this. And, you know, not to say that these lawyers aren't good or they won't do a great job, but, you know, Kroger is going to bring their best, their A game with attorneys and they're going to make sure that, any kind of loophole they can find, they're going to find. It's going to be hard. I mean, I think a lot of these things are just, you know, built on the hope that they'll be settled out of court and it won't get through all that. But then, you know, if Kroger feels like they, they did what they're supposed to do and they don't feel like paying out, you know, any kind of sums of money, they'll, they'll probably fight it. But 
at the end of the day, it's sometimes it's the risk reward when you get into the courtroom and, and you say, well, if we settle, we at least know how much money we'll be talking about. If we don't settle and we lose, we could be spending, you know, millions possibly, who knows how much, but, um, you know, you just kind of wonder what the evidence is going to be to, to kind of prove that Kroger failed because, you know, you you're, you have to, in some ways, you almost have to prove intent. You almost have to prove that they did something knowing that, you know, it, but whether there was cutting corners on how to protect, you know, the data or whatever it may be, it, it just, you know, you feel like you've got to have a good case because if you don't, then it, it's just, you know, they're just going to poke holes through it all day and it's just not going to get anywhere. So, you know, clearly they feel like they have a case against them and they're pursuing it. One of the concerns that and it was actually an employee was one of the ones bringing up the suit. Uh, they were saying, hey, you know, they offered me a two-year credit monitoring service, but what this data breach is going to affect me for life. So why would a two-year credit monitoring service help me? And, you know, I went for the same thing. I wasn't Gannett, but it was a company I was working at before I went to Gannett, a newspaper company. Uh, we had our uh, – somebody was trying to file – um, you know, tax forms, you know, for our salary from the previous year. Right. And it was a pain in the butt, dude. I mean, we had to call the police, literally have a police officer to take a police report, and the police officer was rolling his eyes when he did it, but I said, hey, sorry, man. I mean, I, I got to call you to file this. And then we had, what else was going on? Uh, we had to go to the IRS local office here in Columbus. It, it was a pain in the butt. So, I don't know. Uh, but but like I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, again, you know, Kroger could be blameless in this, and we're not you know throwing Kroger under the bus here. But I'm kind of wondering: um, is there a role that companies could do better? You know, information collection or anything? I I, I don't know if that should be governmentally regulated, but you know, companies do struggle with this. It, it, it's tough, and I, not sure what else to say. But it's just. It, I would say, Craig, you know, it's interesting. Maybe as in the future, as we consider, hey, if we ever went to another company, maybe that becomes a question you check out. You know, hey, how are you protecting information? Because it's an awkward question to ask in the interview process, but if they don't do that well, it could lead to some hardship down the road. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it does say, you know, the, the, the file transferring system is like two decades old and, I almost kind of think too that the fact that they, you know, sent a letter. It seems as though they're implying that Kroger sent a letter to this uh, employee of Hillsborough that uh, they would, you know, he'd receive a two-year subscription to the credit monitoring service. It's almost as if they're, you know, they're kind of admitting guilt. Or I mean, obviously they can't not admit the fact that these people's, you know, information got out. But I, I, I would almost just argue that if you're Kroger, just you know, let the pro let the process play out and. You know, obviously, if someone has to go through some sort of a, you know, a, you know, someone trying to steal their identity or credit or whatever, you know, obviously they'd have to approach that themselves. But, you know, maybe Kroger was wrong in, in offering this person. I don't know if they offered everybody else this, but offering the people this uh, two-year subscription for, you know, credit monitoring service because it's almost like you're admitting that you did do wrong and that you know you're in the wrong in this situation. Yeah, I mean, I think the two years is kind of like the standard. Yeah. And, and I, not even just at Kroger, but different places. I mean, it, it's a standard of, hey, something happened. Here's something we can do to help employees. I'm not sure. even sure if it's a mission of guilt. I think it's more just, hey, here's something we could do for you. You know, if it was, right. yeah, if, makes if it was on the company or not. But yeah, I don't know. So, all right. Well, Lots of stuff, as always, is happening. We'll try to have more funny stories for you tomorrow. <laughs> I just I didn't see anything that really stuck out today. So we were a little bit more COVID and uh, Kroger heavy. Yeah. Craig, anything else going in your life? No, I don't think so. Just uh, ready for the weekend already. Dude, it's, it's Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I uh, know. Sometimes I say I'm ready for the weekend for the next weekend on Friday night. So I I work on I work Tuesday for Saturday, so my week's just starting. I mean, I can't be ready for the weekend yet. I don't know. It's going to be a busy week. I'll put it to you that way. Yes, I'm already trying to figure out all the means I've got today, and I I need to. I have a school meeting for one of the kids, and 
thankfully in this world of remote, you know, we can do the school meeting remotely. So I don't have to drive yeah. all around, yeah. but yeah, still my, my day is pretty filled up with beans right now. So it's yeah. going to be singing beans and trying to work while the beans happen. So, Hey, welcome my life. What, what a <laughs> life. It's pretty good. All right. Well, as always, uh, check our sponsors. Um, you know, Let's know if there's any sponsors you want us to go after. It'll be great. Um, you know, uh, subscribe to us via podcasts. Um, follow us on social media. Definitely share us with your friends. Um, we are trying, and I'm trying to figure out the best way of bringing this out. We want to have a new intro. Um, if you want to introduce the show, you know, hey, it's Brandon, Craig, Chris, you know, let us know. Um, you know, maybe submit a little video of you introducing the show we want to have fun we want to get other people involved even if they can't be involved in the podcast each day so try us out um email me for information uh, my email is view from the pew.yahoo.com or leave a comment in the messages we're going to try to get out more information about how to submit your intro and if you have a song craig craig if we know anybody who likes to write music. We, we want a theme song or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's know. We'll definitely promote you and everything else. Uh, just more ways to get involved with the show. All right. Well, I think that's it for me. Um, like I said, another busy week. Man, what a week for news last week. And I was off yesterday, but I got notes from some of my coworkers saying yesterday was a huge news day. So um, <laughs> not... I'm not looking forward, but I'm not dreading either. It's uh, it's just going to be a big news day. I, I got that feeling. So, yeah. well for Craig, uh, it's Chris. Um, Brandon wasn't feeling well this morning. Uh, we hope he'll be back uh, tomorrow. Um, for everybody, thanks for checking out the Highwind. Um, have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.